0: Dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom, Oracle Soup, with your host, Katrina Wynn and Gina Thees, two saucy sisters, broadcasting from the magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas. And inviting your questions about tarot. Oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. On Facebook, like our Oracle Soup page and share your wisdom. Soup is hot and it's ready to be served. <laughs> Welcome to Oracle Soup. I'm Katrina Nguyen, and I'm sitting in cyberspace here with my sister, Gina Peace, in the house. (laughs) Yes, in the house, in the house. So proud of my gal and her tarot coupling book. If you have not come across that book yet, it's a must for every, I would say, professionally oriented or career oriented tarot reader, and it would be useful for folks who don't actually work with tarot that work with other oracles i'd say too
1: thank you so much yes it's been very well received i'm very happy thank you so very much and of course we also need to have and you're working on so many things i can hardly keep up but
0: (laughs) i can't either actually i'm I'm running as fast as i can here yeah well yeah so yeah i've got another book i'm working on but but the the whole point of us talking about this is we both have this interest in tarot and counseling skills and, and the one thing that we wanted to maybe talk about today with our podcast community and friends is what is it to be doing counseling or what is therapeutic or what is advice or, or what is just straight ahead psychic channeling and how we distinguish between these different styles and orientations and even definitions because as as we were talking among ourselves sometimes perhaps some of these words or titles are misused. So we want to see if we can get some clarity about this and of course we're not the end-all be-all but
1: uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. Right so we could just title this getting to the bottom of what we offer as practitioners or how we define ourselves and services. I would not say ourselves but our, our services and what we give to the people that we service
0: Absolutely. What is our service?
1: Yeah. And, and for
0: some people, they may not even think of it as a service. So I'm going to try to look even outside of that box, you know, because uh, they're producing a product maybe. And they're saying, I am delivering this to you. And anyway, so we'll we'll look at the, let's say, we'll
1: look as far far into
0: the spectrum as we are able to with the time that we have right
1: now and that's exactly what it is it's not a service. It's what are our spectrums as practitioners that's that's a perfect word to use we can define these spectrums that's what we're going to talk about all right well then let's get into it okay thanks
0: for tuning in to oracle soup pull up a chair Join Gina and Katrina for a bowl of warm and nourishing conversation coming up
1: next. Welcome back to Oracle Soup. Here I am with my sister Katrina and we want to get into talking about something that we have had a discussion about and it goes a little something like defining the spectrums of uh, terminology. Originally it started out talking I was talking to Katrina about what is counseling versus advising or what is doing a reading versus an interpretation or I've even heard the term therapeutic readings tossed around so what exactly are we saying when say for instance a person describes that they are giving a person a therapeutic reading versus a intuitive reading versus a psychic reading versus a Uh, counseling session or versus guidance or advising. So again, so many different titles and labels. So what are we actually talking about, Katrina?
0: That is such a huge question, (laughs) but a really important one too. Thanks, Gina. I mean, really, I don't know about you, but when somebody asks me if I can do an event and do five-minute readings, I am totally stumped. Now, I realize, yeah, something can come out of my mouth and it will be interesting maybe within five minutes. But in terms of where my heart is and what I like to exchange with a a client, we we wouldn't even be able to scratch the surface, really. But I do realize that there are people who are either looking for a five-minute Reading and that's all they really have room for in their life or consciousness or tolerance or interest or curiosity. And then there's people who match that need with their service and what they're offering. And so I actually truly honor the diversity of styles out there. But then what we'd like to do is maybe get some clarity about what do some of these different terms or labels mean, though. So if somebody says they're doing therapeutic readings, that's big. That's big because you're really right there, right on that line, maybe crossing over the line into what could be considered medicine are treating diseases, treating symptoms. So there's psychotherapy where you're treating the mind and the diseases of the mind. And then there's medical therapy, where you're dealing with the diseases of the body. Uh, now, therapeutic, of course, is a very broadly used word. And so then some of us might say, well, it's just related to healing. But we have to be very cautious, because for one thing, either the guidelines or the rules of our nation or our country or in the US we have different states and each state have their own rules and laws. Even different counties here in the U.S. and different cities can have their own ordinances and laws. So before one uses any kind of title or label, I strongly urge people, and I always talk about this in my ethics class, I strongly urge that you do the research or talk to other people in your area and don't just take their word for it. Actually do the research and find out what do the laws say. Now, the other thing to look at is do I already hold some kind of training or title that allows me to use that word? So in my case, uh, I have a master's degree in counseling psychology. Uh, I have studied psychotherapy for 25 years. And at different times in the state that I live in, I have been allowed to call my work different things depending on what the – the current rules were so you also want to keep up with those changes by the way so whether you're going to be calling yourself a counselor or saying that your work is is therapy or therapeutic or advising uh there's two sides to look at it on the one hand you want to say what is society how do they see that word how do they understand my service but then there's also from the inside out what do I want to say? How do I feel about my service? That's actually how I started using the word counseling because uh, people started asking me to do readings at different psychic fairs and I'd look around and I'd go, well, you know, I'm not really doing what the other folks are doing and I think it would be unfair to people for them to sit down at my table and think that I'm going to just do a reading or make a prediction and so it was sort of my way of saying, hey folks, if you come over here, You're going to get a slightly different flavor, and it's not because I'm saying what I'm doing is better. It's just different, and that way you'll know what you're getting into. (laughs) I'm going to bring some counseling skills
1: into this. Exactly. For um, my journey into uh, being a practitioner, um, it was kind of baptism by fire. I mean, I recognize my giftedness to be able to intuitively read people. Okay, but, you know, I don't necessarily ever have really ever considered myself to be a psychic. However, that is the um, flavor of the readings. But what's
0: the distinction for you? What makes it psychic or not psychic, Gina? That is the million dollar question. That
1: is the million. So you have to get down to saying what is a psychic reading? Because then there are some people that are mediums. And there are tarot readers who are tarot readers and not necessarily considering themselves to be psychic. Psychic to me um, would be defined as using the tool to divine information that is either not in the awareness of the person or you are using a, a deductive kind of reasoning to determine what an outcome would be. Uh, and that's how I define it. And I think pure, you you really, it's pure intuition, which means there's no rhyme or reason to why the information pops up. It's purely from, it's like instinctual, which is part of having, uh, part of intuition. To me, pure psychic energy is just uh, our psychic information. You can't say, I know this because. You can say, well, A plus B equals C, but uh, you can't necessarily put um, a boundary around it and say this is I know this information because I'm certain of this information because
0: can I try to say that a slightly different way Mm -hmm. is it a little bit I want to make sure I'm grasping this is it a little bit like saying the information I have a sense, whether that sense is a feeling or some kind of other knowing that there's something meaningful about this information, but it's not coming from my rational mind. Exactly. It's not coming from a place that I can prove to you. Uh, It's not scientific and it's not necessarily even logical, maybe.
1: Yes, that is. It's not from the intuitive meaning. It's not from the rational mind. That's exactly Mm -hmm. right. And um, although... It is an energy, and energy has been measured, and they've done a lot of research on ESP and, um, you know, psychic energy. It's, to me, I think you also have to be careful in applying that label and um, what people's expectations around those are, because that makes a difference, too. So, um I, you know, I can have a conversation with a layperson, you know, and, and explain to them that I may or may not be able to channel someone. So you have to kind of define it as you go along, because sometimes I am able to do that. So there's some people out there, for instance, who would, might call themselves a medium,
0: because they really are able to mediate between spirits or those who've passed on or entities in other dimensions and the folks that they're communicating with in this dimension. And they may or may not use the cards for that, by the way. We're talking about, we're not just talking about tarot here, we're talking about maybe all different kinds of services. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, so a medium then would be a person who's mediating between another entity or spirit or maybe even another energy and then those in on this dimension. So they're kind of like a multiple dimensional person and and sometimes psychics are seen that way too, because a psychic who doesn't necessarily need the cards or utilizes cards is just part of their tools. Um, Might be people whose consciousness taps into other levels of awareness, but is able to bring, whether it's an image or a, a verbal message or a concept, down into this dimension. And sometimes the cards themselves are the trigger for that or the medium for that. Um, so those are those are interesting distinctions in themselves, whether somebody's a medium or a psychic. But you know we all I would believe that we as human beings are hardwired each and every one of us to be intuitive, which means you know
1: what 's the difference between intuitive or psychic? A lot of debate around that one and I believe there are differences in intuition and psychic ability. I think there needs to be a distinction with the levels. Because we all feel like, you know, we all have in, intuitions day in and day out. Um, but to actively engage in psychic activity is something that's another, you know, right. of another step up the ladder. so to speak. Well, since
0: we all have it, I tend to look at it this way. Some of us have the genetics to naturally and easily tap into some of these abilities and some of us have to work harder at building those muscles or building those math skills or you know whatever skill wasn't just godly
1: spiritually goddessly given to us by the universe some of us have to work a little harder right (laughs) and you know i i use that explanation all the time. I I explain to people, it's like being an artist. Some of us draw stick figures, some of us are Michelangelo's. And so, but you can develop from being a stick figure person to your highest possible artistic level that you can be for where you are. I mean you can build that the same way uh, the more you read cards, the more open you are, the more you begin to trust and that's the difference I think in psychic psychic ability and um, intuition too. You can learn to turn that intuition into where you actually have this openness that's very very psychic. Um, so it's about flexing that muscle, as I always call it, to be able to trust what you're getting, um, because an intuition is more like a hunch, you know, it's more like, okay, I know that, but you tend to, uh, rationalize that out. And so being a, um, I guess I would say a more developed psychic would be, you already know that this, you know, what you're getting is the information that you need. So you learn to trust it. You learn to be able to say, well, this is what it is. Um, I have uh, yet to uh, kind of define what happens in the process of when I'm doing a, a reading because it can switch. I, I, I have different. Um, areas. I mean, I can say that I am clairvoyant, but I'm also clairaudient, um, and I'm also empathic. So um, being able to um, kind of control those things is another thing to part of developing yourself as a reader. It's like using the tools. When are you going to pull those tools out um, if you're able to? But moving into terms and perspectives, I think these also are just a matter of, a, of sometimes personal philosophy or personal perspective. I mean, for you, being a psychic may encompass everything. You, um, but some people have distinctions. Some people are, deal with astrology and they think it has it's a science. It's nothing to do with um, any type of woo woo. <laughs> (laughs) and
0: at this point I would like to make a bit of a distinction there's the actual service that you're providing and then there's the actual um, name that you're giving it so for instance what if a person calls himself a psychic but their service is actually going into the realm of counseling
1: we can get into this is how you're going to market what you do so you have to be careful in being able to explain and let a person know what they're getting um, when they come to you. I get asked all the time, well, what do you do? What is it that you do? Uh, so, or not, or there's an expectation of the word psychic is there. So, um, and I've actually had someone say this before. I don't need therapy. I need a psychic. I already have a therapist. So, um, and it wasn't specifically to me. I, you know, was in the process of looking at, hearing it, overhearing it with another reader. And uh, so she's just like, you know, I don't need a therapist. So again, you know, and it may have been how the uh, practitioner described or kind of, I guess, relayed what they did for, and, but it was refreshing that the client (laughs) knew the difference so it is about you know wording things and um maybe taking a person I always kind of start out with my clients um especially new ones kind of what I do and 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 let them know what sort of the perimeters of what's going to happen um so in that way there that kind of avoids um a lot of um disappointment
0: well you know we actually We talked about that a bit in our show that we've done previously, when we talked about code of ethics and philosophies, and that ties beautifully in with this. But I think one of the problems that maybe you and I are hinting at, but we haven't really talked directly at yet, is when a person says they're doing one thing, but they're actually doing another. And that kind of potentially gets either some people into trouble or all of us into trouble because it's a reflection on us as a community you know so yeah so when if a person says that i'm doing fortune telling and it's legal in their area to do fortune telling and they're really doing fortune telling which means they're telling you what your fortune is what your possibilities are what your or what your future might be then they're right in line with that title Right. And someone who's looking for counseling or therapy clearly isn't going to go to that person and and doesn't expect to receive that.
1: Right. Well, and and another another thing that we we kind of started out asking counseling versus advising versus interpretation. uh, What are what what is actually uh, occurring? So I would say that um, counseling versus advising, what's your your quick summary of the distinctions of those? Oh, I've got some big
0: ones. And it kind of goes up with the therapy thing, too. So advising. And among, I'm also going to go into interpreting a little bit because that's the other end of the spectrum. So even as tarot, among us Tarot people, sometimes we have assumptions about what reading is about, and we think everybody agrees. So I just want to kind of bring some of those two things to the surface because we may not be talking about the same thing. So, for instance, if somebody is looking at the cards and interpreting the card based on the way they learned the meaning of that card. To me, that's an interpretation. It means I went to school. I studied this system. When this card shows up in this position with this type of question, it always means a, and it doesn't veer very far from a. Right. And that is what (laughs) I
1: would call a mechanical interpretation. So I'm right there with you. That's an interpretation. All right.
0: Now, if somebody in their reading feels into their client, feels into the question, sees the cards, creates their own interpretation of the card beyond their, let's say, book, knowing of the cards. That might go into advising if they say, well, you know, the cards say this may not be a good choice for you. So they're already trying to influence the client's choice based on maybe questions that the the client or the querent brought to the session. So there could be some advising in there. So if people are trying to make decisions, they'd want to go to an advisor. Now, if somebody wants coaching and they want to use the tarot for coaching. That's a whole different thing yes. because coaching is not quite like counseling but it's like you've got a cheerleader and that person's going to keep you on track with your goals exactly that kind of goes back to our other show that we did about goal setting right where you've got goals and you're using the tarot cards to keep you on track with your goals that's when you're going to want to coach someone who says yes this is your goal and what are the cards saying about your goal right now and so that's the central focus somebody who's really going to keep you on track Uh, Which is different from therapy. Therapeutic is going to be closer to what I do. Therapeutic has almost nothing to do with the cards. It has everything to do with the relationship between the reader and the querent. You see, because the cards are really just a catalyst. Right. A little bit, a little like like some folks when they do psychic readings and they don't really need the cards, but the cards are a catalyst. Uh, In my case, the cards. Yes, they do have a meaning and I understand it and I know how to draw that into the session. But it's not as important as the actual relationship and what transpires between myself and the client and what the uh, cards are sort of like where the focus is based on the cards. So it's going to be different. I don't rely on the cards. The cards are just there to give the client something to focus on really right
1: right right and and then you then the other part of that just to just to while we're here then we're you know i'm looking at cards 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 different types of cards offer different types of you know you'll get a different flavor of that uh advising so you know tarot most people will say they won't they're not using tarot specifically it doesn't give them the same uh say I, I don't know. Uh, advice answers as say using a an oracle deck of some specific type or the Lenomon. It's like it, you know, it's tarot. Would it's, be a right. it's, it's a, a different language. It's a different syntax. It's a different language. So,
0: so with the Lenormand, for instance, one, it's it's just the fact that you're using the cards a predominance of practitioners are going to be following some very specific rules, right. which is this is a very literal oracle, and it is spelling things out specifically for you. There's no interpretation at all other than just a uh, reading. That, right. That's just straight ahead reading the cards,
1: literally reading it as if it were a sentence. Right, right. And so you have to learn the language of that specific system to do that. So, um yes, in terms of coaching, that's a very good point you brought up. Coaching is to me the cheerleader, the kind of person that may just want to kind of hold you accountable. And you're using uh, the session to kind of say, OK, I want to get kind of like clarity around where my path is, where what I'm doing. And coaching to me would be um uh, not advising. <laughs> well, there's some
0: advising, but you're staying focused. It's kind of like, what's the priority? Yeah, the priority is keeping think. your eyes on the prize. And there might be some advice along the way to support it, but that's not, you know, it's kind of like, what's your main thing? Of course, we all have a variety of skills, but what's your main thing and what are you not willing to do? So, for instance, if you are a soothsayer or a sibyl, or you call yourself a reader or fortune teller, what you're not going to want to do is slip into counseling, you know, exactly. right? Exactly. Or in or in my case, I I know I'm strongly intuitive and sometimes I do get psychic messages, but I would never promote myself as a psychic because that's not my
1: strongest suit. Exactly, <laughs> and and I have said that before. I mean, what is it that you do? What are you you know What are you offering? Where are you strongest? And uh, what can you, what are you you know want to have people take away from having a session with you, so if that's what you do, and I talk about this in tarot coupling too very, very important to um you know you want to define what you do, just make sure that when a person walks in, they understand this is what they're getting and this is what they're going to leave with, and so if they are deciding to book a session with you there should be no gray areas so to speak (laughs) so and so they're leaving disappointed that would avoid getting those um disappointing or conflictual um which which happens you know people are um not happy with the product that they're purchasing or the service that they're they're purchasing
0: so some really neutral words would be like consultant or consulting Mm -hmm. in fact anytime you have a choice between a, a word like Counseling or consulting, that tends to be a little safer than saying consultant or counselor because the moment you call yourself one of those words, often there will be laws that are using those specific words and have a very definite definition for what they mean and you'll have to be extra careful. So. That's another thing that we look for when we label what we're doing is we go, what's a label that I can use that's going to be descriptive of what I do but not going to violate um, the local rules and guidelines?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, so can
0: I, I – Go ahead. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm so excited. I know we're running out of time here, but I, I wanted to share something from this book that I <laughs> – I've had it since 1988. I think it came out in 1987. I I got inspired recently to read it. I've never actually read it all the way through. And it's called Tarot, the Handbook for the Journeyman for Eileen Connolly. And when we were talking about this, it kind of reminded me of something she says right there in the first chapter. And she's talking about what she calls mind boxes. And mind boxes are very much like, for me, the three levels of the major Kenneth of the tarot. She talks about the conscious, the subconscious, and the superconscious level. And what she's saying is that, uh, I'm going to use some of my ser- psychotherapeutic terms, but the conscious level would be close to what I would call consensus reality. It's day-to-day life or mundane life. When I use the word mundane, I don't mean it as a good or a bad thing. I'm really just trying to describe day-to-day life. Right. And I would say 80% of the readings that most people exchange are focused on mundane life, such as my job or my love life or, you know, should I move or really practical day-to-day kinds of questions. The the uh, superconscious level would be what many of us would relate to as the divine, or where do we go when we draw that psychic? Information, or the universe, or uh, the angelic guides, or guidance. In fact, some people call themselves guides, and they're you go to them uh, in their sessions for guidance. So, when one's getting guidance from their guides, then often they're tapping right into the superconscious level. And so, anytime we're using intuitive or psychic skills, according to Eileen Connolly, we're actually using that middle ground, which is the subconscious level, and. That is the same way that I teach my, my students in my transformative Tarot Counseling program, which is that dream level. To me, the uh, subconscious is the dreaming, and the dreaming is where there's a shared language between the conscious and the superconscious. And to me, that's why the Tarot cards are so powerful, because they are the language of the subconscious, you see, so when, whenever we are learning the language of the tarot, we're learning the superconscious level language, but it's put into a form that we as human beings can interact with, and relate to, and interface with. Right. So some of us contact the superconscious through our subconscious natural skills and abilities, and some of us do it with the cards, and some of us do it with a combination.
1: Well, I believe that. Um, it works because we are all pattern readers, and so it's just a matter of um, understanding the language, understanding what you're reading, and being able to put it together. So at the end of the day, you are able to tell the story. <laughs> you are able to um, get the to the crux of what that information is and it takes practice and it's you know what we love to do what i especially love to do and at some point we're going to be talking about archetypes um and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about some symbolic language in another podcast that'd be really interesting and fun to talk about too
0: i can hardly wait (laughs) I think we've just filled everybody's
1: uh, pot full of lots of yummy morsels here. <laughs> yes, we had some different food parts. for thought. Food for thought for sure. So until next time, and please send us your feedback, send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you.
0: spending time with us at oracle soup we invite your comments and topic suggestions on our facebook page also named oracle soup be sure to visit our website oraclesoup.wordpress.com for hot new servings of our saucy talks as well as past podcasts stored in our oracle soup pantry and visit our individual websites and learn more about our dynamic offerings Katrina Wynn at tarotcounseling.org. Counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G. And .org is like Oregon. Gina Thies at tarotadvisor.com. Advisor spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R. This podcast is intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest. It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now.